Hi everyone, Tiffany here with a super quick note that this podcast was recorded as part of a previous bundle season. That means that the dates that you're about to hear for the bundle, well, they're no longer correct. If you're interested in seeing what the dates are for this year's sale, please visit thebellydancebundle.com. There you'll find all the up-to-date information on our upcoming bundle. While the dates may be wrong and the class mentioned here isn't available through us any longer, many of our guests still have their courses available for purchase individually, so please do feel free to click through to their offerings and take a look. You're going to want to check it out after hearing how brilliant they are. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the show. Tiffany from the Belly Dance Bundle here. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Yala Rocks. Today, we're talking to Aziza and we're going to deep dive on how she organizes her practice. We touched on it a bit last year, but it's such an awesome system that I really do believe it deserves a revisit. This is such a great way to experiment with hitting goals in your own dance, and I'm all for getting people the tools to start working on their practice. Make sure to check out the show notes page at www.thebellydancebundle.com slash 33 to see a visual aid of what we'll be talking about here today. Hello, dancers, and welcome to Yala Rocks, the belly dance podcast that helps you design your personal practice. Today, we have Aziza with us. Aziza, welcome back to the podcast and to year two with the Belly Dance Bundle. We're so excited to have you back. Thank you, Tiffany. I am excited as well. It's it's always so much fun to chat with you and talk with you. You're such a like bubbly, upbeat personality. I, I just, I love having you on the bundle and I love that we get to interact in this way. Oh man, if we're going to sit and talk about dance, then I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> so this year you are putting a live class with you into the bundle. And I wanted to ask if you could speak to what it is about teaching live that really lights you up. Because every time that I talk to you about the bundle, about your classes, you like, I can just tell that like live classes are like your favorite thing. Yes, especially in these crazy weird times. There is something about being able to connect with somebody live and in the moment and, you know, have that interaction. And um, for me, I talk about this a little bit. It's like when you are in, I, I love being able to teach workshops. I love being able to travel. I love being in the room and having the energy of a whole lot of dancers in the room. But especially for my live online classes, it feels actually more intimate, even though it's online. Because I'm like, I'm peering into your home spaces. And you're seeing, I, seeing yes. our cats, exactly. <laughs> our your kids, cats and your plants. And I love it when, the, when kids are around and involved and they'll come up and show me their, their toys in the camera. And <laughs> yeah, and especially with my regular um, students and I get to know their kids too. So there is, there's just something a little, it's more intimate, like you're, you're, you're in their space in a, in a way. 
podcast. It's it's like you're not just seeing them as dancers. Like when you go to a workshop and it's a dance weekend, everybody's in their like dance persona the whole time, like who they are as a dancer, how they study as a dancer. But yeah. at home, right, they're they're dancer and partner and parent and, you know, pet owner and <laughs> yes. all of these things at the same time. And the ability to, especially now when, uh, if people are in lockdown, if they're still home, if they're still, if that's still happening and you can tend to things that you need to, like having a small child is not going to keep you from taking a class. Mm-hmm. Like you can turn a camera off and deal with whatever and come back to the class if you need to. And I love it when um, new moms have their babies strapped to them when they're taking class. That's a lot of fun too. So cute. They come up to the camera to ask a question and the baby's dangling from the... (laughs) I I did so much of that with my daughter. (laughs) We couldn't put her down, so I had to wear her for Mm -hmm. everything. So I think I ran like that whole bundle that year when she was still a super baby, like with her just strapped to me at my computer. (laughs) Yes. And the other thing in particular about the classes that I give is I always log in early, um, 15 to 20 minutes before class. Um, and that is for people who are, there's, you know, either new people to check their connection, but a lot of the regulars will pop in early and we catch up and we find out what's going on with everybody and what online shows did you see and what do you have going on this weekend? And like we know who is, um, you know, a teacher and struggling with going back to teaching and having to do the online and who's working on the front line. I have a couple of nurses that take classes too. And it's just nice to have that support. And I think this speaks to like, I feel that one of your strengths is community building. And I could like, I can see here, like, that's what you're doing, right? You show up early, you're building that community in the space before class. Um, so can you speak a little bit to like how how we can create community in this time, like where we're not necessarily going to be able to see each other. We are staying, you know, farther apart, even if we are going back to the studio, everybody's kind of, you know, apart wearing masks. Like, how do we sustain and build community in this time, in, in this online space? I think it really, it takes effort. It does take effort. You know, it's, it's, it's easy to kind of get a little isolated and not reach out, but we have the tools. We're so lucky in these times that we do have the tools in order to reach out, but it takes a little effort. Um, this year, because I had to cancel the dream camps, um, I did not want to take dream camp all online because for me, um, dream camp is really about that intimacy and the group and the whole experience but I didn't want to lose some of the community like you talked about so we put together um online virtual dream camp brunch where we just came together and we said hi to each other and I had you know we had some interaction like that and then coming up we're going to do a virtual dream camp movie night we're going to screen Amaya's documentary excerpts of it and I'm going to have a pajama pageant. <laughs> the Dream Camp brunch, we had a pet pageant. People had to dress up their pets, which was really funny. And so, yeah, there was uh, one person that didn't have a pet and she dressed up a plant. That was good. Yeah. People getting creative. I love it. I love yeah. It. I mean, it's I, I like to have a little bit of humor and a little bit of fun. So we're going to be watching the 
um, documentary excerpts of the documentary and some of the American belly dance icons that are in that documentary are coming live and they're gonna hopefully tell some stories. I'm, hope, I'm hoping they'll drink some wine and we'll get some really good stories. Right, you gotta get the really good ones out of them. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and then we're gonna have a pajama pageant. It's a, a onesie pageant with prizes. That's amazing. See, and this yeah. is this is what I mean, like when I talk to you and it seems like live classes are just so you, right? Like you were telling me that that's where you feel like people really get to know you and your style, like through this live space. And mm -hmm. like, I, I don't know if our listeners can hear it. I hope they can, but just like the, the passion and the joy in your voice when you're talking about, you know, doing these things with your dream camp people and how you get to show up early and see people's kids on, on your live classes. Like I'm hoping that that's coming through because it's, I really do feel it's like such an important part of of how you teach and what you do as a, as a teacher. Yeah. Well, you know, no, nothing is ever going to completely replace the in-person, especially for performing. I find yeah. performing awkward online, but for me teaching, I feel because I've had a little more time to get used to teaching online, I still feel a connection when I do live classes teaching. Now performing is a little weird to a camera, but, I have tools for that too. I put stuffed animals around my, around my camera just to remind me that there are eyeballs and souls behind that lens, you know? I like it. That's an awesome trick. Um, so the last time that you were on the podcast, we talked a little bit about how you kind of structure your practice time, how you practice dance in addition to all of the teaching and, and working in the dance world that you do. And so I wanted to kind of deep dive a little bit more into that and like how people can create those systems for themselves. So can you, and for people who are not going to be able to see this, Aziza has like an amazing practice board that we're going to have some visuals of on the show notes page. So be sure to check that out after the episode. Um, but Aziza, can you kind of break down what that all looks like for you and how you plan out your practice time so that you're making sure to get in what you want to get in? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, well, I, what I like to do, um, especially now that I am home and my schedule isn't about touring, like I'm home. Yes. So what I like to do is the beginning of the week for me, it's Sunday night. Um, I will take a look at what my schedule is for the week, like how scheduling, what are my classes? Um, how many privates, um, you know, I, I like to take a look at what, what time that I realistically have to put into my personal practice. And then I set up um, that I have two goals. One is for, um, I call it sweat, but it actually also includes stretching, uh, meditation, and that is one column. And it's kind of like a fundraising it has the bars that goes up and then, you know, like you, you mm -hmm. meet your goal. Yay. Yes. <laughs> and then the other is for personal practice. And so I set a goal for the week and then I have the little ladders. So that means that I can fill that in. If I have space in between classes, say I've got an hour between classes, I might stretch for 15 minutes and I can fill in 15 minutes of, in order to try to reach my goal. And then if I, in the past, not since the lockdown, but in the past, mm -hmm. if I make my goals on both of my columns, then I can go to the spa. Woo -hoo, woo -hoo. Yeah. 
gotta have a prize to motivate you. Yes, to uh, that. I think um, I will say too that for me, having it in a space where I can see it, and it's in my studio where I work, so it's easier to fill that in. If I take a class, holy cow, an hour and a half class, I can fill in a whole section. Yeah, so if I take an online class or if I take an online ballet class or if I take a yoga class, then that, yeah, it makes it allows me to get to my goal faster. And just have it, having it visually there makes me want to fill it up. And then the other thing that I want to say is that I don't, for some people, they, that having those goals and not reaching them um, can be a bummer. <laughs> but for me, it is not, it's not so much about reaching the goal. Like if I do, fantastic. And I've been doing this for three years. This is something I've been using for my personal practice for three years. And I can count on one hand that I've reached my goal for the week um, in three years. And that's because I'm a bit ambitious, but every time I try to do something a little bit better, like, oh, I didn't do so well on the meditation part last, I went color-coded to that point for a go. <laughs> but I can take a look and see where I was lacking. Like, oh, I didn't sweat as much this week. I'm gonna try to get more sweating in next week or my stretching wasn't as consistent. So, but it's a visual of what I'm accomplishing. And then I can take a look and try to do it better following me. It sounds like, so when I talk to dancers and when I write my emails, I talk a lot about like loving where you are and what you were able to do. And then using that to kind of push yourself farther. Like instead of sitting here and going, Oh, I should have reached my goals and I should have meditated more and I should have done this and I should have done that and feeling all this like self hate mm -hmm. at yourself, like, yeah. like toss all that out the window. Don't do that. You know, like try to re uh -huh. rewrite the script and oh, be like, yeah. this is, I meditated this much. I would like to do more next week. But like, hey, I did this much meditating. Isn't that awesome? Like, that's what it sounds like the system is for you. Like, it's oh, like, yeah, I think I'm a big advocate of this. And uh, honestly, it's like taking on the mantle of being your own coach. You have to talk to yourself the way that you would want to encourage a student. You have to speak to yourself that way. And yeah, compassionate witness to what's going on. For sure. Yes. Exactly. This is yeah. what I did. This is what I was able to do. That is great. Uh -huh. How do I use that as a base to do better next week? Yeah. Or to set more realistic goals next week? Like if, if, if completing the goal is really a thing that you have to do, how do you tone it down so that you can get there? Yes. Right? Mix it mm -hmm. up. Exactly. So then that leads me very well into my next question, which is for people who all right, they, they hear the system. They're like, this sounds like a good idea. This sounds like something that I might be able to, to do. I'm actually going to put one up in one of my mirrors, um, which is easy to can see behind me. But um, how, do, how would you suggest people get started with something like this? How do they start tweaking it to fit their unique dance practice and their unique personality? Well, what I like to do is like, especially when you are thinking about structuring what your personal practice, deliberate practice is going to look like, honing it down to what's important right now is, is important because otherwise you can just get overwhelmed with wanting to practice everything mm -hmm. and not really progressing in anything. And then you kind of get so overwhelmed, you end up turning on music and just bopping around and doing what you love, which isn't what you need to work on. <laughs> but it um, is fun. Yes. Yes. I'm not <laughs> that. 
Matt, I call it discovery. It's green. <laughs> we have a we have a we have a color for this. Yes, on the chart. Green. I use the green pen for discovery. <laughs> yeah, that is really it is important. Um, but for me, what I like to do when you first get started is think narrow it down to three things that you want to improve. Yeah, and then focus on those things for your deliberate practice. And I write down what it is that I, I want to be focusing on um, so that I know what I want to practice when it comes to practicing. So then and when you then, get to the dance floor, you can look at it and be like, oh, okay, these are the things I said I wanted to do this week or yeah, this month or. Exactly. And what I do is even if it's something that is, I'm not really grooving on, but I know I, I need, I want to work on it. I need to work on this. This is what is going to enhance my dance. I'll set a timer. And then I only have have to work on it for the amount of time that that timer is and usually what happens is i start getting in a groove and i go longer right yep. but as long as i do that 15 minutes of targeted focused deliberate practice you're going to progress even small chunks consistently is going to do more than saying okay i'm going to practice for three hours today it's just you know it's not sustainable for a lot of people right? yeah so and I, short, deliberate, and then I reward myself by getting out the green pen and doing some discovery. <laughs> there you go. Even make practice part of the reward, practicing the things exactly. that you enjoy doing that discovery time. I love that. Yes. Um, I love what you said about just get started, set the timer, get started. And then a lot of times you find the groove. I like to call, like for me, that is uh, motivation is fickle, right? You like will not be motivated to show up and start. But once you start dancing, the motivation, the groove, right, shows up and you just keep going um, a lot of times. And if you're still not into it after that first 10, 15 minutes, then don't, no big don't deal. do anything else. Yeah, put on, you, put on some music and bop around or don't, yeah. just stretch, just lay on the floor, whatever your body is asking you to do. But if you're, if it's taking that step, set a short amount of time. Yes, I love it. I love that. And in the, you get to mark it on a, on your chart which is you know for those visual people is great and then you get to buy new shoes or whatever <laughs> whatever it ends up being so you would say for someone who's just kind of starting to think of their practice right working almost on their practice instead of in their practice that coming up with some ideas of what you want to improve on will help and then set some timers and just get started on mm -hmm. it yeah yeah can I give you two more? You can give me as many as you want, Aziza. Let's go. I like I like these because they. This is kind of going one step beyond. One step beyond. That says how old I am. Right? <laughs> um, is journaling, having a little conversation with myself. So, for yes. instance, when I when I have a really good session. Like I end up saying like, I'm not into it, but I'm just going to go in and I'm going to do this for 15 minutes. And then I end up really working on something. And then I end up getting sweaty and I have just a good session. Then what I like to do is write in my journal about how great it felt to do it. And then sometimes when I'm not motivated to go into the studio, I go back and read how great I felt <laughs> when I did it before right? Just to nice. kind of go over that. It feels good. And it reminds you that dancing is what makes me happy. And sometimes, especially when there's a lot of stress and a lot of, you know, uncertain things that are going on, sometimes we end up resisting the thing that we know makes us feel better. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just, and you're right. It's like the deciding to go into the studio and actually doing it is the hardest step. But once you're there and the music starts, then sometimes you can relax and not necessarily force yourself, but just be. And then it's, then you get into the groove and you, yeah, and it feels good. So sometimes it's having a conversation by journaling. That's easier for me. Meditation is not easy for me. <laughs> the, the blue pen sometimes <laughs> I have a hard time like shutting my mind off, but writing to myself and having a conversation, it just kind of helps me to like, hey, this is great. And, you know, I kind of have a nice conversation with myself and I do that out loud all the time. I'm one of those people who talks to myself all the time. So like my husband is always like, who are you talking to? And I'm like, just me. It's just me. (laughs) Yeah, I do it on paper. So I don't drive people crazy. (laughs) Thank you so much for all of these tips. I think that this will help people kind of track their practices a little bit better, which I think is something that I don't. I feel like a lot of dancers don't do. I, I feel like like when you showed me your board the first time, I was I was very impressed because I don't know that I'd ever seen anybody like track what they were doing quite so well. And, you know, they always say like what you measure, right, gets managed or whatever. I can't remember the exact saying, but just the the very act of keeping track of what you're doing yes. makes you more aware of what you're doing and makes it a higher priority in your life in general which i think is really great so this is something i I want people to do i want people to track their practices and figure out what works for them Mm -hmm. and i will say that there is something about erasing the board and starting over is like a fresh start you know it's like okay now i have a whole a whole other week to take a look at how i'm going to do it and when I do have like high pressure, big projects that are coming up, I will take a picture of them and save them in a file just to keep track of how I'm progressing. But I don't do that all the time. But there's something about wiping it down and taking a fresh look, fresh eyes on what's coming up for the week. Yeah. I almost feel like you can apply this idea that, you know, you can improv to the same song multiple times and it's different. It's different every time. This is like that same concept, but put like onto your practice almost. It's like, these are my goals, but every week I'm going to do it differently in order mm-hmm. to get there. That's kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It's just being mindful that, you know, things are different and your energy is different and, it, you know, taking all of those things into, into play. And I can't stress enough that, you know, I can't allow not reaching these lofty goals I do not take that in it's like that was this week and I always have another day to take a look and not to um keep that from doing that spiral of shame and then being completely inactive that's one thing that I really have to talk to myself about it's like I can't knock myself down for not that that's what happened in the past I can't do anything about it and that's what needed to happen at that time and I can look at it with fresh eyes yeah yes absolutely Aziza, thank you so much for being on the podcast again. Thank you so much for coming back for another year of the Belly Dance Bundle. I'm so excited to have you. Can you speak, tell the people, where can they find you on the internet? What is it? What are you doing right now? 
update, well, update and follow in all ways. Yeah, I if you go on Facebook, there is a Aziza online class Facebook page, and I always post about my classes that are coming up. I am consistently doing um, online group live classes. Uh, Monday nights is Mellow Monday. Mellow nice. Monday is a, an hour long class. It's in the evening on the on the East Coast, eight to nine p.m. And that one is. Um, there's no fast turns, no back bends, no extreme level changes. It's just really cool, mellow, groovy music and working with a lot of arms, a lot of posture, a lot of um, slow and flowy. Kind of, that's Mellow Monday. Nice. I'm quite popular. I, really, I like this one. Uh, Wednesday, we do Veil. I have the first half of the class, which is technique. Um, and we work on turns and posture and quality of movement. Um, and then we pick up the veil and we do veil combos. And uh, on Saturday, sweaty Saturday, and we do conditioning and we do drills. And that one is a more high-powered, high-energy one. I make sure everybody gets sweaty on that one. And I like one. it. Something for everybody. I want to mention too, super quickly. I also have pop-up workshops, and I do those once a month. Nice. Um, a portion of the pro proceeds I use, I donate. And I have been really focused on the Asmara Belly Dance Initiative. I don't know if you've heard of this. Before. Yes, they are excellent organization. Yes, I, you know, they had, I, they had a big push and then things kind of quieted down and they are so close to their goal and I'm like, I'm determined. So, yeah, so a um, portion of the proceeds will go to that. The next one is October 11th, but all of that is on the Aziza Facebook page. Awesome. We will link everything that Aziza just talked about in the show notes, everyone. So you can go there, check out all of those amazing things, check out those pop-up workshops and see if the next topic is something that you are super into. Oh, and guess what I called it? It's yes. October 11th and it's called a cornucopia of combinations. Nice. Look at you with the alliteration. And as someone from the belly dance bundle, I can appreciate this. <laughs> I love alliteration. Thank you so much for being part of the podcast. Thank you so much for coming back. And we're asking everyone the same question here at the end to end it with a bit of a funny note. And I actually know the answer that you're going to give because we have talked about it on Facebook in the past. But where is the strangest place that you have ever danced? Oh, man. Like, I know that we talked about a little bit on Facebook about yeah. me dancing in a huge refrigerator. <laughs> That, that was a really strange one, but I have other ones. So give me, I would love to talk about it. Okay. Give me a story. All right. Um, okay. I'll, okay. I had a contract. Uh, it, was, it was my first European contract and I was dancing in the South of France. I was dancing in a Syrian restaurant just outside of Montpellier in La Grande Mont. And it was, the whole contract was really crazy. I mean, it was a month long and it was seven nights a week. Oh, wow. Dancing. And um, the people that I was working for, nobody spoke English and my French was pretty much not happening. So I didn't know really what was going on most of the time. Um, I knew what time I had to be ready to dance and I performed. Um, so they had this big thing um, called Carnival. They have down there, they have, right? And so I was, they tried to explain to me with pictures from the year before, but the restaurant enters the parade. They have a big parade. And um, so I was dancing on a float in a parade in the south of France. 
And this, I could, I could go into the really long story. They weren't originally going to do the float for that year, but then the city asked them to because the belly dancer on the float is really popular. So at the last minute, they used a float to repurpose it. And the float that they had was about recycling. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I was so confused because they had this big float and it had an alligator um, pushing garbage um, with a broom, like a big float. Yeah. Like, what is going on? So they turned the alligator to look into, look like uh, Aladdin coming out of a lamp. It's amazing how they did it. But originally it was um, a big push broom with garbage and then an alligator. So, <laughs> so they turned it into this thing and it was pulled by a big tractor. And so I was on the float. The owner of the restaurant's daughter and her friends were sitting in the front handing out flyers for the restaurant. And it was me dancing. Um, and then... There was a Dixieland band behind us in the parade. So I had some music on there, but all I could hear was the Dixieland band. So for four hours, <laughs> I belly danced on a float in this, pulled by a tractor in the south of France. <laughs> every time the parade would stop, the Dixieland band would surround us and they would play up to me. And were you like up on the pile of trash? No, well, like the on the float. Trash was turned into. Um, they turned it into like a an Aladdin's lamp. Oh, okay, that was the they lamp. Covered it, yeah. Okay, so they covered the trash to look like an Aladdin's lamp. <laughs> and, the, and yeah, it was really nuts. And that was four hours in the hot sun and wind with the Dixieland band, and it was a really long day, like forever. Yes, it yes. never ends. Yes, and that absolute day on that day was my ten-year high school anniversary, uh, high school reunion. <laughs> so instead of being at my high school reunion, I was belly dancing on a float in the south of France to a Dixieland band. I love it. Yeah, I love it. See that that conversation we had on Facebook is what inspired this question. So thank you for that. And for well, your amazing I have stories. More, so um, we'll save them for the next time. Next time you come onto the podcast, we'll be talking about more, more fun stories. <laughs> Aziza, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much again for being part of the bundle. And I cannot wait to hop into your live class. All right. I hope so. Have a great day, everybody. As part of the bundle, you'll be getting a live class with Aziza where you'll be able to experience this same sense of community that we're talking about here today firsthand. She's an amazing teacher, an amazing dancer, and I highly suggest that you check her out. I love how Aziza keeps the focus on her students with her commitment to creating community, and it's so great to see her and honestly so many of you adapting to this present circumstance with such grace. And I absolutely love this practice plan. It's my next self-experiment, to be honest. 
if you are in the throes of the 21 days of belly dance challenge, then I think that it's perfectly timed for you to give this a shot. You know you'll be dancing for 10 or so minutes each day, so why not set up a tracking system where you can track that time and see how it adds up? Because if you dance for 10 minutes every day, then you're dancing for a little over an hour every week, right? It's the accumulation of all of these little things that we do in our dance that result in the biggest changes. So grab a, grab a dry erase marker, grab a board, grab a piece of paper, do you, and start tracking it. And especially if you're doing Siobhan's bonus challenge during the 21 days of belly dance this year, then this is a great addition to kind of start tracking and, and seeing all of these pieces working together in your personal practice. Thank you so much for listening today. And if you've been enjoying this podcast, then make sure to subscribe on your podcast app of choice. If podcasts are there, so are we. So it should be easy to find us. This year, the Belly Dance Bundle has a really, really good mix of live and pre-recorded content for the dance section. But there's recordings available for everything. So if you can't make the class times or the time zone doesn't work for you, I know we sell all over the world and our teachers are all over the world. So sometimes the class times just don't line up, but we have recordings available for bundle buyers for everything. So you'll be able to take all of the classes in this bundle, regardless of what your schedule is like. For items like Aziz's live class, and I get this question a lot, um, you'll have a window of several months in which you can take the class. So you'll buy the bundle, you'll be able to access a live class with Aziza, and you'll be able to pick one that fits your schedule over the next several months. Some of our items are, um, some of our live items are workshops that do happen on a specific day, but recordings again will be available. So I want to make sure that everybody can access all of the content in the bundle, no matter what their life looks like at that moment, no matter what, you know, their time zone is, where they are, the bundle is as flexible as your dance practices. It needs to be because everybody's dance practice is different, right? Like I, listening to this episode, you could see how Aziza has structured hers, at least for me, wildly differently than anything I ever thought to do. So we all do this, right? All of our practices are unique and different and just for us. And Anything that you bring into that practice needs to fit. And so I want the bundle to fit for as many people as possible. So we really try to build in all of that flexibility. The bundle goes on sale on October 21st, 2020 for one week only. So please mark your calendars. I cannot wait to dance with you. And until then, start experimenting with different ways of tracking your practice. Thank you so much. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.